I am vengeance. I am the night. I am also a podcast. I am a podcast. 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 Oh! It's a show. It's a show. Audio only, though. What is it about? If you have time, I can tell you that it is a podcast about that many Batman podcasts. Uh, what did you want me to say in this part? It's a show! Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I am a podcast. Whoa! Hey! with fans and people, people who Welcome to Batman the Animated Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Michael, and you're listening to an audio variety show for your ears based on the legendary 1990s cartoon, Batman the Animated Series. Today's sponsor, Staying Single Forever. Why look for love when the person you end up falling for will inevitably break your heart when they reveal themselves to be a piece of clayface? Guys, did you know that 24 years ago today, Batman the Animated Series premiered? Well, now you do. So, celebrate by listening to this episode, which is a great one. Uh, it feels appropriate. Today we'll be talking about the heart-wrenching and wonderful new Batman Adventures episode, Growing Pains. And series writer Bob Goodman is back to chat about it. I'll also be sitting down with Omar and Mia, a.k.a. the Two Broke Geeks, to talk about the episode and ramble a bit more. I've also got a bonus bit of fun at the end, so stick around for that. Alright, it's time for... Today's episode, Growing Pains. A mysterious young girl with an abusive caretaker comes into Robin's life, but there's more than meets the eye when Batman figures out who Daddy really is. Original air date, February 28th, 1998. Written by Bob Goodman, directed by Atsuko Tanaka, music by Michael McQuistian, with animation by the always wonderful TMS. Featuring guest voices Matthew Valencia as Robin, Francesca Marie Smith as Annie, Ron Perlman as Clayface, Matt Landers as gang leader, and John Rubano as a gang member. Guys, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Bob Goodman wrote some of the very best Batman episodes for the series, and I don't think he gets enough credit. I think they hold up just as well as some of your flashier fan favorites. So if you haven't seen a lot of the new Batman adventures or some of his other DCAU stuff, check it out. He also wrote Legends of the Dark Knight and Double Talk, which we covered in a previous episode. Anyway, we're going to talk a lot about Growing Pains, so let's just dive into it. Today's guest, Bob Goodman. So as I was saying, this is the second half of my interview with Bob for the podcast. Check out Double Talk if you want to hear more about how he got involved with the show. But for now, all you need to know is he's a fantastic writer who worked on many of the DC animated shows that you know and love, and he's since moved on to writing and producing shows like Elementary and Warehouse 13. He's a great guy. He was super fun, down to talk about stuff. I think you're really going to love it. Let's do it! talk more i feel like it's been so long i know it's been an eternity you look so different <laughs> yeah i have a beard and it's out the door for listeners that's a true fact and not an exaggeration in not, any way not at all nope uh i tripped on it on my way in oh i'm so sorry about that by the way uh i'm glad i have those crutches and those bandages <laughs> ouch uh growing pains growing another, pains uh, you know god what a sad episode 
uh, a fan favorite episode. Uh, I also love Double Talk. That's like one of mine, but I feel like Growing Pains gets more of the, the love. I, I didn't know that. That's funny. And it's funny that we were just talking about the, you know, uncharacteristically happy ending that Double Talk um, uh, had for, for a Batman. This is an uncharacteristically sad ending. Yeah, this is particularly sad. Uh, so this is, you know, spoiler alert, a Clayface episode. <laughs> for some yes. reason, you're listening to this podcast and don't know that already. Uh, I think this is a everything will be spoiled spoiler alert. This is not a little spoiler alert. It's I think if you're and by the way, why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't watched the show? Yeah, go watch it now. Come back. Plus pause. Come back. Uh, It's this is I think this is one of the great episodes of that, you know, that season, especially but the the whole series in its entirety. Thank you. It's it also happens to be a good Robin episode, which, uh, you know, people have a love-hate relationship with that character. Particularly uh, the Tim Drake Robin, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, I'm sure part of it was like, it, it feels like that forced uh, network, like, get a kid the age of the people or nearer to the age of the people who are watching the show, throw him in the mix, make him funny. Uh, but I, I, this is like a really, it's a really sad episode, Uh and I, I guess I wanted to kind of ask where the the idea came from. Well, so I, I've already confessed to the fact that much of what I got to write in those early days uh, in my writing career, and again, it's no different from any other writer, um, were ideas that were uh, that started with with other people there and and sort of helped me, you know, move in the right direction. Um, this is. An extreme version of that, um, to actually I say extreme to a point, and maybe the point is two thirds of of the story idea. Um, something you all should know about Paul um, that uh, if you haven't had the pleasure, you might not the pleasure of, of knowing him. Um, these characters, um, and by that I mean Batman and Joker and Harley and the the rest of the universe sort of descending from there. Those are the biggies. Um, Live in his brain like real people. Uh, And he is, or at least was at the time that we were working on the series, always thinking about them. Um, uh, Justin, you and I were just talking about today's release of uh, Dark Knight, Paul's book, which is very much about how Batman and Joker live as very real people in his head. Um, It's it's true. I I can vouch. And he has a, a... a grasp of the characters uh, that's that's unlike anybody else I've I've ever met, um, and so the reason I mention all this is every now and then I, I saw it happen a, a few times over the years. An episode idea would just be kind of kicking around in his head for years, um, and he has the I don't know if I'd call it the 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 discipline or the confidence or the patience what the right word is, but just to to let an idea come to its time, um, to not, you know, you know, force it out onto the page until he has cracked it. Um, and and so this was this was true of a lot of the, the stories that he wrote over the years, a lot of the stories that he fed other people over the years as one of the, the heads of the show. Um, but there was this one idea. And I'd been hearing about it truly for two or three years, I think, at this point, that he kind of had half an idea or two thirds of it and just didn't know where to go with it. 
and he would talk about it every now and then at lunch or at a, you know, we'd, we didn't have a, like a, a real structured, um, scheduled writer's room, but maybe a couple of times a year or not even that, uh, the group of us. And again, this is Alan and Paul and Stan and Rich and Hillary and I, um, would gather around a conference room, uh, or like I said, or over lunch and, and sort of look at the list of like, well, how many episodes do we have at this point? What's the order for? We got to fill 12 more. Who's got what? And, and Paul would talk about how, and, and this is dates back to well before Tim Drake, when we're talking about the Dick Grayson Robin, this idea that in, in, in that version, it was Dick is at college and living in a dorm uh, and has taken an interest in this girl and um, uh, she's having nightmares or being haunted by somebody. And I, I don't remember exactly the details of that, but it was kind of nebulous. He didn't really have it figured out. Um, and he, you know, takes an interest in her and, and tries to help her. Uh, and what turns out to be true, here comes the spoiler, um, is that uh, she's a bud that spawned off of Clayface. Um, that uh, where we last saw Clayface in the the, early, the first 85 uh, was the episode Mudslide, where um, uh, Clayface and Batman had fought on bluffs over the sea during a rainstorm, and Clayface had just gotten too diluted, too, you know, uh, washed with water uh, that he couldn't hold his shape anymore and washed out to sea, and, and we believed him dead. Um, that Clayface had survived that but was weak and didn't know if he could hold on to his shape anymore and didn't know if it was safe for him to come out, and so he created a little piece of himself um, to... Go in, you know. Go to the surface and and uh, and report back. Um, and that when she left him, this girl lost her memory. That that's what she was and who she was, um, and was now the the individual that we met. And that's what Paul had. P.S. That's a lot, and it's brilliant. It's way more than a springboard, but he just never. He just never figured out where to go with it from there. To his to his own admission, he just like had this idea and just never came up with the rest of it. Like, what happens then? What happens then? Yeah. Uh, and so that was one where you know maybe feeling my oats a little more than say um, with uh, you know with the early Supermans or even Double Talk. Um, you know, I sort of said, well, let me take a crack at it. Um, you know, maybe I can come up with something. Uh, and and kind of filled in uh, the the back half of this, uh, and the idea that this was a story that needed a tragic ending. And I remember like going to Alan, is that okay? Can we do that? Can we do you know young thirteen year old Robin uh, on what is going to be like you know his first solo case in a sense, and like him. Um, the, him rebelling against Batman that she dies and as he always was uh, Alan was all for it he's like go for it <laughs> and and we worked that one out I mean um, yeah this ends in Robin confronting death yeah uh, <laughs> and and his own um, his own fallibility yeah um, the seriousness of what they do 
Um, it's the first time and maybe the, the most that he ever rebels against his daddy figure. Um, you know, that he says, no, I'm not doing it your way and runs off and does it himself. Um, uh, again, as we'd already talked about, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot in this episode that, you know, we, we talked about Hitchcock imagery and, you know, in this case, you know, the movie Vertigo comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, again, spellbound in the, the sort of the, the, you know, trying to, there's kind of a dreaminess to it, a, you know, sort of symbolic imagery with the, the lighthouse and the police light and, and the, um, you know, the, the paranoia that that creates for her and what is she running from. Um, uh, and another thing that comes to mind, and not, you know, not that you asked, uh, but like one of the things that was really special on this show is the way we got to deal with themes and imagery um, and, you know, both concretely and abstractly. Uh, and uh, you, this particular episode, you know, we got to have Robin, you know, walking the streets of Gotham at night and seeing homeless kids. Yeah, I was going to say um, it was dark and it's in like a, I don't know, in a more truthful way <laughs> and, and than other episodes. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I look back and I'm kind of, you know, happily stunned that we got to do that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, thematically, it's it's dealing with all sorts of um, uh, elements, both explicit and implicit, about father-son relationships. And, you know, we, we barely mention Tim's history with his own father, but it informs the whole episode, you know, the fact that um, uh, Tim himself you know, came from, you know, a dad who, A, was a criminal, B, disappeared and left Tim, you know, like fending for himself in some apartment, you know, that I'm sure didn't have heat or running water and he yeah. was living on the street. Um, and we hint, although we never said that that his father was probably a hitter, you know, probably abusive um, and that he, you know, that's why he gravitates to this girl and wants to help her. It's because he can relate to her. Because when this appears to be a story about an abusive father, you know, this thug who shows up and, you know, is, is ordering her around and, and thwacking Robin across a bus terminal, it seems like, a, you know, he has to save this girl from her, you know, father who's beating her. Yeah, it has that. I mean, like you were saying, it's not explicit uh but it's very implicit in the way like he moves the way he talks like what's actively happening like robin's saying you know he's a no my i I understand that like my dad's not such a great guy yeah yeah, that's enough to get that point across to yeah well you need to say there um but but it it explains why this is the one he digs his heels in yeah on and you know and, and yes there's in a prepubescent way there's a crush there's you know he's he's also in love with this girl and kinda which is the know. most grounded relatable thing I think you could get like you know, like for kids too right. <laughs> like right. like it, it is actually hitting upon a truthful thing you right. know versus like hey like the hip new slang and some other show that they would try to like utilize to like right. <laughs> reach an, a kid audience and it's like no just like 
just that little peck on the cheek is is enough. Like right. that's a huge deal to a little kid. An awkward joke, a giggle. Yeah. And that's kind of all you need to say about that. Um, but it all comes together. The you know all of these elements to um, to make it very emotional for him when the inevitable is inevitable when you know when the truth comes out that she's not really a person that she's just a piece of clay face which well, is then, a very nice like i mean like i feel like you mentioned in the previous episode uh, how you're you're a sci-fi guy uh and then like what a perfect sci-fi story like what makes a human a human who's right. more of a human you know, it's debatable and she sacrifices herself and she feels like a human. Right. Uh, there's something very, you know, that's like, so what a perfect sci-fi story. <laughs> and that's, and by the way, that that's like the story I always gravitate to. And, and that's, you know, taking science fiction and, and using it to tell stories about the, the nature of identity and what our, what's going to happen to our identities as technology alters the landscape for us and and humans ourselves i mean that's that's exactly what's going on in identity crisis that's exactly what's going on in the batman beyond zeta episode Mm -hmm. that's what the series the zeta project was about um and it's it's what i tried to hit on the most in my in the superman episodes that i did um and uh, the the superman direct video that i did uh, Superman Unbound. Unbound, yeah. That um, you know that again. This is digressing from Batman, but to me, you know, uh, Bruce would frequently talk about how it's much harder to tell an interesting Superman story than an interesting Batman story. Um, and and for me, the place that that I looked to find interesting Superman stories were in his understanding of himself. You know, here he is, this one of a kind who's lost all touch with his home planet and his people and his roots and the search for that and what goes well or doesn't go well about that. And then along comes this clone who has like that squared, you know, his, you know, his understanding of his nature is, you know, doubly uh, detached. Yeah. Uh, and what's more human than feeling out of place, right. uh, you know, in any moment. We wouldn't be having this conversation if we weren't nerds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we wouldn't uh, have made those shows if we weren't, you know, you know, feeling separate from other people. That's why you go into the arts. It's why you become a writer. It's why you become an artist. It's why kids love comic books. It's, you know, we, it's that feeling of separateness from other people and trying mm-hmm. to understand who we are. Um, and that's always going to be an interesting theme to tell stories about. And as technology, you know, throws new ingredients in and stirs the soup, there's always new stories to tell about it. Yeah, I mean, I think on the surface, this ep- this Growing Pains episode feels like, you know, you could describe this just plot beat by plot beat as a... It's crazy, right? Like, there should be no emotional resonance, but there's so much there. Uh, Thanks. And and I think like what you brought to it, especially you know, hearing what Paul had and hearing how it cha- you know seeing how it changed, you know the the general beats, you know the, the overall idea was there, but I think there's something much much more powerful about like Annie is a character that uh, feels you know 
important to this universe. Uh, and I think that's why, I mean, I know you were saying you don't really know what the feedback necessarily is on this episode, but, like, I know that, like, as, you know, somebody growing up and, like, talking about this incessantly on the internet, whatever, like, people gravitated towards this one, I think, because wow. it had an emotional resonance. It was no, like, I, I truly had no idea. Yeah, well, this is, this is news to me. Tough to trump a, you know, like, really good Clayface episodes. Uh, and it kind of, you know, is, it's, it still, like, carries the legacy of, like, a villain that, like, people really liked. And, like, you know, those were some of the best episodes the series previously had to offer. So to, like, jump in, carry that torch, bring something new to it, and then also, like, it was, like, it, to me, rewatching it, I was like, oh, this has the trappings of what I also like about Pixar. Uh, or, like, good Pixar. You know, like, th- there is a really, there's that moment where, like, you you know you're going to be heartbroken. <laughs> And it's going to, like, really work in the right way. Uh, and, like, that, the ending still hit me this time of this episode, and I know what's... I've seen this a million times. Wow. Uh, well, that's that's really high praise and, 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 and unexpected, and, and, and thanks. It's, I mean, okay. Pixar, is they're, they're doing it about the best of, of anybody. Um, uh, slash, you know, the, the Brad Bird stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Iron Giant is, is an incredible movie that, um, you know... It's funny, it, it, it came out around the same time I was doing Zeta. It's like, it, was, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that it informed Zeta, but it was kind of like, you know, we were, we were doing it at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's before he went to Pixar and then did, you know, has to say incredible stuff. And yeah, in fact, literally, literally incredible. Um, it's, it, to, to be compared to, to that body of work is, is you know, Leaves me speechless. Thank you. Oh, well, I mean, it's great. I mean, that's the stuff that I think that's that's proof of, like, good writing and good animation. Uh, it, also, it's challenging the audience to something emotionally as well. Uh, Made eight-year-olds eight year cry all across America. Yes, and that since, was the goal to make them cry. <laughs> Feel the feelings. Uh, well, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, sure. too. Uh, just because... Another fan favorite. I feel like for like very nerdy reasons, as well as it's a really fun episode. Uh, was that kind of living a dream? You you kind of loved, you know, Dark Knight. Yes. Uh, so you got to be the guy who kind of shaped the animated version of that before you got to do the other animated version of that. That was yet another. And I'm going to sound like a broken record. Um, I, I I promise it, it wasn't as true on. Superman and Batman Beyond and obviously the other stuff that I've done since but another one that that started with one of the bosses um, and and I you know raised my hand and, and, and said I'll do that one uh, in this case it was Bruce um, who uh, and, and I hope I do service to who the the guys on the other side of that were but I know that like when it when it made it to us it was Bruce walking across the floor and uh, I know you've, you've heard a little bit before about how there's always this, you know, kind of divide, uh, a permeable divide, but a divide between um, the, the artist's side of the floor and the writer's side of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's even more true on other animated shows than, than it was uh, at, at the, the DCAU stuff. Um, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't always talk every day and we didn't always know exactly what, you know, one side wasn't fully informed about what the other side was doing. Um, so Bruce came across the floor. He, he had a corner office on one side of the building and Alan had a corner office on the other side of the building um, and said, some of the guys and I really want to do this. And by the guys, I think that meant 
James and Glenn, um, and um, I, you know, I, like I said, I don't I don't know exactly who the you know who who are the driving forces with Bruce, mm-hmm. but um, you know we we'd really love to tell a story where we get to do some of it in the Dick Sprang style, do some of it in the Frank Miller style. So this is like do. the artist side of things? Like we're yeah. excited about kind of... They, they, they were the ones... Like James who, Tucker and Glenn Murakami? Glenn Murakami, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just. Now, again, I, I having not been in that conversation, I, uh, I'll i apologize to the public at large, say I don't, and, and to those guys, if I'm if I'm leaving somebody out who was right there at the birth of that idea. Right. We're picking it up I, from when yeah, you heard about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all I heard was the guys and I. Um, so, and I wasn't even in that meeting. I heard about it after Bruce left Alan's office and Alan and Paul shared this information with the rest of us. Um, uh, but it, it, it started, it started with the artists. The artists wanted to do this, this story where they got to, you know, pay an homage to each of these different styles. Um, and, um, I, whether it was I think Alan Paul and Bruce together or some combination of that group kind of came up with the the you know rough shape of the device of the three kids talking um, and uh, the the names of the three kids each of which are references to um, to specific people mm-hmm. um, uh, I think we're Nick Carey and what was the third kid's name? I don't remember. But I think it, Nick Nick is Alan's son. Uh, Carrie is is obviously Carrie from the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And I think the third was a nephew of Paul's or something. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, I had already by this point, um, I think, proven my chops at doing structurally challenging stories. I'd like taken on the strange ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I was game to try and do this. And, and again, kind of from that, you know, like I think Paul wrote like a single spaced half page of like, this is what this would be. And, and I took it from there. Um, and the, you know, the figuring out, well, how are we going to break these acts up? What pieces of these stories are we going to tell? Um, uh, and then really immersed myself in the different materials and and the the Bill Finger Dick Sprang comics to, to what's the flavor that I want to get there and what's a Joker story like that and what's the um, Paul probably gave me guidance in terms of you know some of like the specifics. So um, fun! I mean, I loved the Dick Sprang short just as much as I loved the uh, you know Dark Knight Returns it came out so fun it was great I mean also like I grew up watching Adam West Batman yeah me too so it has that flavor as well like it is that campy old chum sort of yeah and that and that's not you know an accident that's um, one our very conscious choice to kind of mix that in and two um, it's sort of Referential dominoes. The Adam West series was informed largely by the Dick Sprang mm-hmm. Bill Finger comics. Like that's that's the tone that those guys were going for in in making that show. The 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 bright colors, the oversized props, the punny dialogue. Oh, it's great. <laughs> the 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 over labeled props. Yeah, have you um, seen the Twitter account Bat Labels? I love it. It's amazing. I love it. It's my favorite thing on the internet. I'll just I would look at it, just scroll for it hours. Was, <laughs> it was a it was a moment of pride of mind that somebody 
sent and and bat labels retweeted a still from legends of the dark Knight. oh that's the, fantastic the humongous flute but that's yeah that's exactly what we're doing there and that's what that show was doing and uh you even had michael mckean right wasn't he the joke so we that, we had um who did it? he was one michael of mckean was the dick sprang joker yeah. the 1950s joker gary owens was 1950s batman it's perfect um Michael Ironsides was the um, uh, the the Frank Miller Batman. Um, oh, um, oh! I don't want to draw a blank on his name now. That would be horrible. It does happen all the time, <laughs> and you're trying to remember. Shake my fist at myself <laughs> uh, if I come up with it. But the 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 point is, yes, we had an incredible cast, and it you know, uh, I think you've had Andrea. Yeah. As, as a guest here too well then good then I'm not the first person well she probably wouldn't have been singing her own praises but in case enough people haven't done it yet in the the long you know library you've now built on of this podcast Andrea Romano is so the unsung hero of this show she she is the the font of quality that when we all talk about rightly talk about Bruce and we all rightly talk about Alan and Paul um, and and you know the great team of directors, and and hopefully I, you know, you guys throw in us writers every now and then. Um, that people forget to talk about Andrea, or at least not as much as they should. Um, she is when when you look at all the great TV animation or and direct video animation, and now video games that have been done in the last decades. A very very consistent name. Is, is Andre. Oh, she's the dream. Like, in at least in voiceover, who to work with? Like, you want to be directed by her. I She was the only or director cast. I was willing to work with on Zeta Project. Uh-huh. And, and it was, by the way, the probably the most I fought to, like, with, with, the, with the bean counters that, that I insisted. You know, and, and I wasn't in any position to insist as a guy who had just gotten, like, his first show. And, um, but th- there was no way I was doing that show without Andrea. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so where were we? Oh, the, the, yeah, so we had a stellar cast. We had a stellar director. Um, she is to thank for the fact that we had a stellar cast. Um, and it was one of those episodes that just like, yes, everything came out fun. Yeah, what a everything fun anthology episode. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there is another one in the series. No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was different, but it was, and it had that nice wraparound, and you know you have Firefly in there, and why yeah, not have a Firefly, you know, lightsaber made of fire? <laughs> He's yeah, Fireflies. You know, after all that that speech I gave about you know what I love about Batman characters, and you know the the ones with really deep psychology, and the ones who are as you always want in storytelling with a good hero, a villain that hold up a mirror of some sort to the hero. Um, uh, you know, Firefly is not a very deep pool. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's what you need. That's not to diminish the properness of him, if properness is a word, <laughs> um, in that episode. You know, there there are times when you don't have time to tell a deep story. Um, you have time to tell a clear um, and big noisy story. Uh, and Firefly, you know, that was, you know, we kind of bat around what the, you know, present day story was going to be and kind of, you know, the important um, ingredients that dictated, okay, well, which character is it going to be were, 
Um, you know, somebody that the kids might visually mistake for Batman that might, you know, um, uh, be a, you know, an imminent physical threat to them, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the idea of an arsonist was right for them, you know, getting trapped in a building and all of a sudden he's setting fire to it and they've got to use the little flashlight bat signal to, to get Batman there or whether that worked or he showed up on his own. Uh, by his own devices, you never really say. Probably it was his own devices. Um, But Firefly worked for the needs. Um, So it's not that he's, you know, one of the great Batman villains. It's that he was just the right size and and right, sort of like checked off the right boxes. Yeah, sometimes you want clarity and not to distract, I imagine, from the rest of the story, too. Like, you only have so much time. Right. Uh, And that was about, he, he didn't get too deep in either of his appearances so yeah we, we had very little you know screen time very little real estate by the time we got to that yeah so to, uh, to tell a you know it's it's half an act yeah because we you know we bridged each of the you know commercial breaks you know part of the the Frank Miller story is told you know in the second segment and then there's the commercial break and then you come back in the third segment mm-hmm. and you've got to wrap up that and so you've got you know very little time to tell a villain corners them and and Batman saves the kids and you know and, and have a little tag with them. Well, I also yeah. like it. It's like that kind of, you know, there's that nerd debate like here's what my Batman is, yes. uh, you know, and yeah. it really is kind of like, well, they're all Batman. <laughs> you just didn't grow up at the same time. Uh, but that, that's really, the answer to it. <laughs> that that kind of is the message of that episode and I think part of why we all wanted to do it. Um, from the inception and what the artists wanted to do and what we all kind of picked up and wanted to do on the writing side of it. Um, was there are, you know, endless arguments, decades of arguments over whose Batman is valid. And the answer is Batman's big enough for all of you. You yeah. know, um, he can take it. Uh, it's such a, um, such a rich character um, and such a real um such a real character, and 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 what I—it's kind of repeating myself, but it, it's the depth, it's the number of facets. Um, uh, I always think that like the the better you know a character, uh, and the the more places you you like the the more corners of that character's psyche you've dug around and explored. This isn't an intuitive notion, but the the more varied tones you can put that character in, and still have that character work. Um, and, you, you know, you look at shows that um, bounce around in tone and can do something really funny this episode and something really dark this episode. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Breaking Bad before, so that, that's one that comes to mind yeah. that, that did that. It's, it's the, you know, so complete knowledge of that character that lets you do that, that you are able to then, you know, correctly find, well, how would this character be real in this situation. And Batman, you know, has 75 years of every corner and every nook and cranny being explored. And what we get from that is a character that can withstand lots of different interpretations, you know, that can can be broad and colorful and comedic and punny and... or can be a ruthless punching machine um, uh, that's, you know, you know, grim and, and dirty Harry. 
which is what Frank Miller was doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's why I never want to engage in the argument over what... I mean, I, I'll hear what somebody likes the most, but when it's like, this is the right version, it's kind of a checkout point for me. Right. That's just also just to like make sure that I say it, because you know, not to sound too much like a, um, a hired gun. Um, as I said before, the Dark Knight Returns is such an incredible book um, and so, so rich, so, um, so mature um, and, and explores like so gray, so ambiguous uh, in, in terms of, you know, what you're left thinking about vigilantism, what you're left thinking about whether Batman is right, wrong, insane, a hero, all the above. Um, that it, you know, is is my all-time favorite for a reason. And the, you know, the greatest honor that I've gotten to twice be, you know, the guy to write the adaptations. Yeah, that, that's a dream come true. Yeah. It's like- yeah. Uh, and, and you brought that gray area, at least like, you know, the best parts of that to the stories you've written for the animated series as well. I mean, just to cap it off, to bring it back to Growing Pains, you really did that there as well. Yeah. Uh, there's a moment where I feel bad for Clayface in that episode. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, there's uh, one of the things I really wanted to do was have Robin cross a line. Yeah, and, there, he feels like a little, you know, out of out, out of control. Like, there's that catwalk scene where he's like, you know, kind of like melting Clayface's feet and stuff. Yeah, where he pu- punctures a giant vat of solvent. Yeah. and is melting Clayface again. He's um, killing and, him. <laughs> yeah, he is. He wants to kill him, and if not for Batman showing up, Robin would have killed Clayface there. Yeah, or died trying. And we see that. I mean, even uh, if anybody had to watch uh, their their new. Friend slash perhaps love <laughs> get absorbed into a creature. It looked very John Carpenter's The Thingy. <laughs> yeah, she dies pretty horrifically. Oh, she, yeah, uh, understandable. I mean, it ends on him, him, you know, calling it murder. That's yeah. the last line. Yeah, and sometimes there are no happy endings. That's that's his lesson there, and it is uh, it is his growing pain. That's a brutal lesson, but it's a good one to teach. I mean, I, you don't see that in kid shows a lot. <laughs> I, I get stunned. I'm stunned that we got to do it. It's a real lesson. That's something that usually it's just, oh, when you're older, you find out that's the case. Uh, well, were there any other thoughts on that episode uh, to wrap things up or anything else? I don't think I'm going to you know, find a better place to, to end, so let's end there. Cool. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Today's fan... Omar and Mia, a.k.a. Two Broke Geeks. If you don't know who they are, you will soon find out. They're both really awesome people. I love chatting anything nerdy or animation related with them. They're smart, they're opinionated in the best of ways, and they got a lot of fun stuff to say. They've got a background that spans both animation and comedy. Omar also hosts a Buffy podcast, so check that out. It's called Sunnydale Study Group. And now, a rambly good time about all things Batman and more. Andrea, 
Uh, Romano? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. By we, do you mean? No, because we you? worked on the Firefly, <laughs> uh, behind the scenes footage for the Firefly games. Oh, yeah. She's, and she's, an, she's the best. An artist. Like, she's oh my an actual God. genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, listening to her direct, so fast and efficient, and yet. And gets mm-hmm. really good stuff. There yeah. are people who are fast and, like, get a good thing. Yeah. But yeah. she's like. Like, with a hawk's eye, like, pinpoint yeah. the bit. She's like, inflect on the and, and then they do the line again. You're like, God, how? Yeah, that is. Yeah, she just so really good at figuring it out yeah i love the uh oh, what's his name mike right the composer michael mcquistion yeah him like and how you're just like you know mike. mike you know mike uh and i just love in the beginning jace you just hear him make the conscious decision <laughs> to just like sit back and he's like no you you made the music <laughs> yeah. uh, we did learn because we were sitting over there that like i think it's in the podcast that he was the composer for the griffith Observatory. yeah it's in the very beginning yeah that's so cool. Yeah. He was like, oh, you have this piece of art uh, for a thing that I kind of worked on. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> the more you're talking about it, the more I realize how appropriate it is for you to plug Sunnydale Study Group because this is kind of like the Batman version. I mean, you're like the, and you're the Buffy version of the, It's like, there's this, oh, in spirit, yeah, because it's totally like spirit. it starts and then it's just like, what's, and then you use that to launch into like emotional things about, yeah. Just dive into anything. Yeah. Just like Jace's Fear of Clowns. <laughs> oh my god. Jace's Being what? fully explored. Because it's one of the episodes See, I should have really listened to it. I Joker's like super... Like cr- I just like love that episode too, where it's just like, he ab- essentially abducts the mayor's kid. Yeah, he kidnaps. <laughs> kid, yeah. He textbook kidnaps. Actually, I guess he kind of lures him out. Yeah, it's like a Pied Piper sort of... Thi- or it's a real South know. Carolina clown leading kids into the woods. <laughs> right. Topical issue. <laughs> it's happening right yeah. now, apparently. Yeah. In the Jesus. real world. What is up with people dressing up That's like clowns? That's really scary. But North Carolina is not going to have uh, the fear of voter fraud, and now like tens of thousands of people can actually vote. Hey, that's even great. Even if they don't have driver's licences. The Carolina small price great. to pay is that you may get dragged into the woods yeah. by well, a clown. Yeah, visiting South Carolina. <laughs> that's a whole, yeah. So. That's, that's where you went wrong. It went John Lawrence place. and then just downhill from there, so. So we're talking clowns. Omar, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's our new podcast, Talking Clowns. Talking Clowns. Talking Clowns. Talking clowns. How are you guys? Good. We've talked for like 15 minutes. We've been talking <laughs> so long. Like, yeah. are we, see, I'm like, are we starting now? Is Have we that started? Uh, that's the classic podcast question. <laughs> up to post-production. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Me sitting later like, this is a good sentence to fade up on. You're going to have to scroll through like 15 minutes of Disneyland chatter. I, honestly, it makes me want to just talk about Disneyland on a podcast the entire time. Yeah. I'm positive if you made a Disneyland podcast, so many people would listen to it before you there got are a season Disneyland podcasts. There are, are they officially? Yeah. Tiki, are they okay some, with it? Tiki chat or something is one. I don't know. I've listened to one or Enchanted two, podcast. but I don't really listen to them regularly. Yeah, I kind of like hearing about rumors about stuff, but then it's just kind of like, well, I can go on a website yeah. and, and hear it or see it in five seconds. I have a problem with experience podcasts, like like people talking about their stories. Where I'll, if I'm driving, usually it's what I do when I listen to podcasts. I'll just pause it and then I'll <laughs> talk out loud about my experience at Disneyland as if I was a guest on the podcast. You'll pause but it? But I'm not. Like, I just get, like, Wait, so... did you say you listen to the podcast? So I'm listening to it. For example, let's say, like, we're listening to a Disney, like, the, I don't know, the Magic Castle podcast or uh-huh. something. About no, that would be about the Magic Castle no. <laughs> in Hollywood. So, that so was... no Disney characters still in Hollywood. I wonder why. It was... It's like the two Imagineers that went on to make the Haunted Mansion. Where, I'm uh, still hung up on this. Are you? Do you pause, do you listen to somebody asking a question in a podcast, pause it, like, in your car or something, and then answer aloud to nobody there? With, Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, I have saying? a hard time with podcasts and improv shows. <laughs> 
and 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 small town community theater productions. Those three. <laughs> Although that last one is really. Tonight, <laughs> yeah. being like... Where if I'm listening to a podcast and people are talking about like real, like it's different if it's like a storytelling one, but if it's like people's real experiences, yeah. I'll get to a point where I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that makes me remind. You know, I just gotta say this out loud, so it's like logged in my head, and I'll just like pause it and I'll like talk about my experience to no one. And I'm willing to admit that. I thank you for sharing publicly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but I think that out loud. Yeah, I did a lot of public speaking as a kid, and I don't. do But you any don't of pause now, like so a community probably... theater production out loud. <laughs> no, I sit there and you same with stop, improv shows. Stop fiddling where, around. Yeah. <laughs> I That's think not good... what I would have done. All right, I wouldn't let my daughter go and marry someone. <laughs> who's gonna go to war. <laughs> I was thinking more like directorial choices, but you went for the fictional character. <laughs> yeah, he's upset with Tevia the Dairy yeah, yeah. and uh, whoever's playing yeah. him like. Clive Borville, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. like uh, Clive Borville, classic yeah. community theater made up actor Clive Borville, of course, <laughs> huge fan, huge yeah. fan, huge fan, really great, yeah, uh, amazing that you know such a non-Jewish guy could pull off such a seminal Jewish character, yeah, yeah, and the fact that it, it's not, not a huge kerfuffle he? in the second this not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an audio joke. <laughs> yeah. You can't see it. <laughs> Should we talk about Batman? Is yeah, you know. Uh, thank you for keeping me on task. So, I've not done a good job of that, if that was my No, role. I brought you guys here to make sure that I talk about this episode. Growing Pains, we just watched it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Mia, you had never seen it. And maybe this was your first time seeing the new Batman Adventures? Yes, the new, yeah. I watched Batman the Animated Series. Right. But I don't think that I watched the new, is it called the New Adventures of Batman or the New, new Batman, Batman Adventures? Adventures? New Batman Adventures. Because when I Googled it, it auto-filled to one way, but then showed up a different way. Weird. Yeah. There's the New Adventures of Batman and Robin, which is what the show is called yeah. in between. Okay, so maybe that's why. And it's just Batman and Robin. They just kept rebranding right. it, I think, every Yeah, because I thought it is still basically Batman, the animated series. It is basically. They still Bruce Tim and yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's still all the same still executive the producers. Same and... Some of the writers shift. Some of the, you know, like they got a new writer's room. Bob Goodman, the guy who wrote this episode, mm-hmm. uh, who's the guest for the rest of this episode, oh, um, brought on for the new Batman adventures, but he awesome. wasn't writing on the earlier series, but mm-hmm. he liked it. So he was a fan of the show. After seeing it, and then got to write for it, which That's is pretty cool. The dream, yeah. I feel like his episodes <laughs> that, were yeah. like they always kind of piggybacked off of cool, like usually like sad Paul Dini <laughs> ideas, and he was like, "Okay, let's really tease this out." Because this one's directly following, in terms of storyline, a previous episode. Yeah, yeah it was like I'm the mistaken, last Clayface right? episode yeah. that happened. Uh. It was like a very like Hitchcock inspired one too. It was like Clayface is trying to get his life back together. He's I think trying to mold himself into what looks like an Oscar statue of a human being. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I just right. want to be normal, but he's stealing all the chemicals, and Batman and Clayface fight, and, you know, he gets turned into... He, I think he gets pushed into the ocean. I'm laughing because yeah. I'm, like, imagining your whole speech as a Netflix description that okay. I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> like, they really gave us a lot of backstory in the Netflix description of this like, I, For whatever reason, the way you started saying it, I started imagining it that way, but then you kept going, and I was like, well, this Netflix description is getting very long. I can talk a long time about just the details of a previous episode we're not even <laughs> No, it's fine. I mean, it's I was enjoying the recap. you have to tune in next time to find out about this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys won't be the guests. There's one if there was a show that was 
uh, I guess it's kind of like Too Many Cooks, where the whole thing was like a previously on, and then... I would argue that's Mad Men. (laughs) 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 The entirety of the episode of Mad Men. All right, previously on. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just them drinking and just weird snippets of existence. Oh my god. I feel like they they really paved the way for like the way you edit next times and previously on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we were really mucking it up until Mad Men came along and AMC. Nothing good was on television until Mad Men. I I haven't watched Mad Men either, so I'm just extra uh, TV coming off like TV illiterate in this episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Even I though I watched, I watched like literate. five hours of TV a day. But yeah, the right, things Mia. we're talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was your first experience watching Batman the Animated Series? I watched it as a kid. Um, so I don't, I don't remember like what the first episode was. But I watched it as a kid. I, I watched X Men and I watched Batman. Cool. Nice. Those were my jams. Um, X-Men being a little more fun and colorful mm-hmm. and I was super into X-Men like the toys and everything but Batman uh, being like yeah the adult dark cool thing and I like detective stuff and noir stuff mm-hmm. so I end up also reading a lot of uh, Batman detective comics oh, especially cool. up in, in, into high school yeah those were good I don't know if they still are they probably are I mean yeah. it depends on the run probably yeah, but I like specifically the detective Scott comics. Snyder? Yeah, yeah, I've read a little bit of his stuff, but I don't. I've only read like up until like Court of Owls stuff. Yeah. See, I don't. I'm like so behind on comics. <laughs> I, well, I kind of dropped off superhero stuff, so I'm. What's well, reading... so expensive if you if you mm-hmm. try to keep up with all the superhero stuff? You can use Hoopla. Too, so you can use Hoopla. That's yeah. true. Plug it. <laughs> hey. They didn't ask us to do that in every single podcast we go to, but no, it's, it's very relevant to this conversation. You can, with your library card, yeah. you can rent out comics, which is a real cool thing. It's mm-hmm. super cool. Oh, to your device. I should also explain <laughs> to your device. So it's like you can go to the library and Oh yeah, well I guess if That's you didn't know that it would sound like you're just talking about going <laughs> the to library. the library. And it's a hoopla. Um No, but to your to your tablet or computer. But so I'm going back to Justin's question. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's my job. Question, I've yeah. I've decided for whatever reason it's my job to keep you the conversation on. I'm a wild track. Same. Um, is this what Jay, this is Jason's no, job guess. usually? Jason is usually just here, sitting on the corner, uh, just like, all right, get back to the Batman. <laughs> We're not allowed to talk about anything else. Nothing else. Uh, that never happens. See, the show. only the only reason I'm doing it is because I'm positive that this will my wrangling will last only for like five minutes, and then it, so this is like the only time I'm like, this is where we're gonna talk. I about I expect Batman. one more wrangle by the end. One more, so, okay. Yeah. I'll do it at the end. Okay, I'll cool. Save it. Um, I. It's weird because I think that I watched. Batman the animated series before up before this happened even though like Robin and Nightwing are way more favorite characters of mine than mm-hmm. Batman so I really got off of it at the wrong time because I've never seen any of these yeah. and yeah Robin I really love sidekicks what do you love about Robin because I feel like Robin probably doesn't get a lot of love really yeah. my friend Ashley Victoria Robinson who's on another podcast which I may as well plug it's Geek History Lesson yeah um, loves Robin and Nightwing they're like her favorite so we bonded over that I love Teen Titans too so Robin and Teen Titans is really fun Mm -hmm. but I just love sidekicks so part of it is not even specific to Robin but it's just that like I love the idea of sidekicks and Robin is the ultimate sidekick like he's I mean if you thought of a sidekick what do you love about sidekicks? sidekicks I think that I always identified with the character that's not the main character, but is like the hacker character or like the quippy side character. I loved young 
teenage or kid characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny because we were talking earlier about how like kids don't really want to be Robin. They want to be Batman. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. wanted to be Robin. That's great. <laughs> I love sidekicks. I don't know. I love the idea of the person that's not getting the credit, but they're like scrappy and they're there as a helper and they get to do kind of like the fun stuff. And I think like the serious superheroes, I don't relate to being as being part of my program. Right, the sidekicks mm-hmm. are having fun. They're able to, like, view things through at least a little bit more of a yeah. cheery lens. And side characters, I just like in general, like, they can always be more fun. Because they don't mm-hmm. have to be, they don't have to be boring. They're not tied down not to, tied like, down. the main directive of this <laughs> yeah. sad man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, that, even though Batman and these these shows is like super cool. He's very broody. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, Robin is like really fun. I don't mm-hmm. know. This was a broody Robin episode. If you, oh, yeah, Robin was broody. Sad episode for Robin. Yeah. What was your first experience getting into Batman? The anime. I series? remember being, um, I remember being at my friend's house and I, and seeing Scarecrow. That's what it was. We were at my friend's house and a bunch of people, it was like a birthday party or something like that. And so we weren't originally watching TV, but someone went and put it on and was like, shush, shush, shush. And everyone went. And I don't know if it's like Dreams and Digital or, or which episode it was specifically, but I remember seeing the silhouette of Scarecrow and him walking into the light and seeing this like Scarecrow with a new, like a broken noose around his neck mm-hmm. and just falling in love. Like just being like, that's such a cool image. That's why you saw it. Yeah. I fell in love because of the creepy man with a noose. <laughs> with a noose around his neck. Yeah, yes. when you start saying uh, it out loud, it sounds like such a But there was something trip. that was so, because uh, I'd been a little bit into comics. I didn't have like the money to purchase it. It was so much back in the day. And like, I love the X-Men. Like I love the X-Men. There was something so cool about this character that I felt. And now I guess an adult thinking about it, it's the amount of work that went into the character design, the costuming, mm-hmm. yeah, the, design uh, the sound and, design. The, oh my god, the sound design in yeah. the show. Like, I knew everything so about good. the character. Yeah. And then treating these, uh, the villains, I think that's what it was. That's what got me into the show was, Batman's awesome, everyone else is pretty great, but the villains are treated with so much respect and there's so much interest and investment in these characters. I loved it. And I love Clayface for that too. His origin story in the earlier Right, episodes. like Clayface, you know, we haven't, we've talked about him a little bit on the show, but... On paper is like a cool high concept villain. <laughs> yeah. But then when you like add like real character stakes yeah. to it, it just I mean this episode is like all about that. <laughs> like yeah. he's sort of like the like a DC Sandman sort of character who mm-hmm. can just like extend and he's sort of this like a lot. He's visually cool. Yeah. He can turn his hands into anything. Yeah. But, like when you say it, it's like, oh it's so cool. But when you watch it, you're not thinking like, oh cool, you're just really engrossed in it yeah. it has yeah. gravitas but like yeah. a man obsessed with vanity and performance who then is turned into this giant <laughs> like ascent like muck like a human oh. version of the pokemon muck lost <laughs> <laughs> me i don't have a pokemon background oh. or a current not background but even current you're not even playing pokemon go no, the most accessible you. version of this game <laughs> no thank you just you. hand it over your you phone i know that the listeners around? can't see it but i hate walking <laughs> and i hate pokemon i'm gonna sit in this chair forever <laughs> Uh, I, I think I would fall into it and get addicted to something like that. Like yeah, I, I played The it. Simpsons tapped out for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, wait, I don't need to do this. I can watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Are you the one who was playing the Jurassic Park game? I played it years ago. Yeah. yeah. I got into that because of you. Like, See, you, so I, you I, I'm over, very you're criticizing yeah. me for my lack of, uh, you know, drug of Pokemon <laughs> Go. <laughs> Look, I'm saying, you know, you're definitely going to get addicted. Yeah. Um, but it's like a fun addiction, like coffee. 
I do have that. Yeah. <laughs> this came full circle. That was you were introduced when you were over to shoot an episode for our YouTube show. Yeah. And now we're talking about it again. Oh my god. Oh, with the Jurassic Park game. Yeah. That's that how that happened. Jurassic Park builder. Um, I get. <laughs> I get Shout real. Out to 2009. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I get real hard obsessed with those things like Roller Coaster Tycoon. I style love games. Oh my god. Tycoon Especially two. Two was great. Two yeah. was the best. Yeah. You know what I love about Clayface is... <laughs> Who's wrangling now? Who's wrangling now? One thing that I think is so cool is he has a... It's not just that he can move around and is shapey and stuff like that, but he has this weird ability to like also create porcelain slash like steel-esque in like shapes out of his yeah. body. Well, he did. He made one in this episode. He made like a steel plate that they made the battering ricochet off yeah of but, like he can harden himself but like also but i was confused clay. why he doesn't do that all the time when i saw that right why aren't you always just I, here's my half-assed answer if i were the writer of the show please, please. i'd be like all right that requires a great amount of effort oh, okay sure <laughs> and so if you were to do that to his body all at once something bad would happen maybe you, he would shatter but i think that though like they never oh. show him being like exhausted or something bad happening from it in this one he just does it effortlessly and it just ricochets. I think and... in this right. first episode, that's they touch on that. Do they? The more inventions he does, he stretch. He can stretch himself thin. I think at least in the two parter, I know he like needed more of that, like because he dries out a little bit too, or right? whatever. The yeah, putting on his face. But now that even I, I think that's a great explanation. But now I'm wondering, not to critique this amazing episode we just watched, <laughs> but this, now I'm wondering, like, why did he harden his chest into steel? Then, if it takes more energy, and it ended up just like hurting him because that it ricocheted and it hit the tank of the solvent hey nobody said he was a smart guy he's definitely <laughs> but he could have just like you see other things go through him right so he yeah. could have just he could, just not even hard and he could have just showing off let you it, really, let you, it go. <laughs> you guys both have way more of an animation background than i do uh so i'll i'll throw it to you guys and see what you think i feel like a lot of his Re- the, a lot of stuff that happens with his powers mm-hmm. or his curse, depending on how you see it, is more emotional than conscious. Oh, okay, that's a great. That would like be a his defense. Like it's a defense plate from his chest mm. because, like, he because he's like, oh man, something is yeah, yeah. Whereas when the rope went around him, he's just like, oh, I just gotta dissolve R- out of this. It doesn't mean up. anything to him. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I buy it. Okay, cool. You've convinced us. Mystery okay. solved. Podcast well, over. Yeah, thank you. For the podcast for me. We can close uh, the vault on this one. Yeah, yeah, Clayface is such a great character. I'm glad they brought him back for this. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the meat of the episode, right? It starts yeah. with an unknown girl being surrounded by a biker gang. <laughs> How, like, uh, 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 anime <laughs> this episode get? It felt very It felt like anime. an anime, right? That's I was like thinking that the whole Akira time. That's like such an opening. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. Stylistically, it looked a little skewed in that direction. Like yeah. this, and like there's like a the demon within episode. Her like Ghost like, in the Shell haircut, too. Yeah, I think it was partially <laughs> the character design of the girl. Mm-hmm. Who, she was voiced by the same person who voices Helga, Helga Pataki. Yeah. She was great. Yes, she she had she brought a lot to the voice acting with like very small performances. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, which is kind of hard. I feel like I don't know. It's hard to like get away with really realistic kind of performances in a superhero cartoon. Yeah, yeah. but this cartoon always has been yeah. very grounded. I think Andrea Romano. So. There you go. She's and the I'm best. sure all the other people who helped make the show. But <laughs> she is a but whatevs. Yeah. Andrea Romano. <laughs> there's something and it's something that I. Uh, 
this like there's a similar episode in Buffy where there's like a little league coach who is uh kind of mean and then it's manifesting into like a demon nightmare mm-hmm. and uh there's something about it where, like, yeah, this is, like, an episode about this girl who's a product of Clayface and stuff like that. But then it's definitely, like, that's what it's on, sure, like, at the end of the surface. But it's definitely about an abusive father. Oh, yeah, they, for they sure. It's an abusive hard. father and loss. Like, dealing yeah. with things that, like, sometimes you don't win, right? Like, sometimes... Yeah, that was intense. At the, I mean, we didn't really go through the proper summary of the episode, but no, at the, I think the, we the end... we covered the main two <laughs> yeah. parts. Biker gang, sometimes there's no happy ending. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then earlier before you even said, let's go over those, and we talked about the whole climax of the episode <laughs> with the clay face fight. I'm a terrible this host, you guys. This is really <laughs> not... It's falling this apart. Is, <laughs> it's falling apart like clay face. Jesus, yeah, you know, I can't constitute myself properly. I'm made of mud. <laughs> but look, if you reordered these, it would be... Totally covered. Somebody yeah. recut this episode in order. <laughs> <laughs> Biker gang, abusive father. But there's so much to act. Like this is. I'm so glad that you're going to be talking to the writer of the, this episode because there's so much to act in this. As like a voice actor, there's so mm-hmm. many golden moments for. I mean, for everyone to do. Like it is technically about this girl running from Clayface. But it is also about this girl with amnesia who you almost yeah. feel like there's physical you, abuse that you led really to that You really feel for her. And, you really feel for her in this episode. Very little, I feel like. I, that's what I really respect about like television animation is like mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of time to do it. Yeah. And when you pull it off, it's like it's got to be so simple and complex at the same time. Yes. Like, yeah. You communicate a lot through very little. And this mm-hmm. episode was all about that sentiment too because... Yeah. It was, it's, I always forget how quiet the show is. It's like quiet and not a lot is in your face happening, but you feel like you went on a whole journey and so much Mm -hmm. happened that by the time it's at the end and it's like, yep, sometimes you just can't win, Robin. You're like, God, ah. What did, what happened? I remember as a kid. (laughs) Really good uh, episode. The second that his clay got on, first of all, really quick, we don't need to dive too much into this because I have a more emotional story to share, but Batman should have solved this a lot quicker than he did, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I feel like he just got this some... This wasn't Batman's like, day. Like, the computer took a long time to process it, where I feel like it should run through the main, like, rogues gallery pretty quick. This is uh, a 1998 computer, let's remember. That's true. It probably <laughs> yeah. has, like, 512 megabytes this of RAM not, maxed like... out. <laughs> <laughs> also, what was the timeline? Because it very well could have been, like, what, a day and a half? How yeah, it was, was really short. I think, Robin's out. I think like, it he was, just bounces, like, right? max two days, because yeah. there's yeah. only one nighttime kind of scene that you see, right? Yeah. There's so, one day of school for... For uh, for Robin in this episode, because yeah, at night, it's Tim, right? Isn't this a Tim episode? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Tim yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's there's he goes, he goes he goes to school, right? I mean, he messes up his hair. Yeah, he, oh, he's, yeah, yeah, he's being driven around he, by Alfred. I don't yeah. know if he's going to school, but he's being driven around. Mm-hmm. And then and then I totally yeah laugh because he messed up his hair as part of his costume. Because the whole episode, I was just like. Love that Robin hair because I just hadn't mm-hmm. seen Robin in a while in any uh, show, and I was just like, "Damn, I love Robin's hair all the time." That's the real reason <laughs> that I love Robin. Right, yep, the hair amazing. And then it was like I then I saw him being like in his civvies, and then he like messes up mm-hmm. his hair. And you're like, "Yes," and I was like, "That was Do amazing." It. That was like the Superman coming out of the booth for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's Alfred coming out of an expensive vehicle. <laughs> With a man, you know, dressed in a tuxedo driving a car. <laughs> uh, 
But I remember saw like the second that she got the clay face mud on her. I remember as a kid solving yeah. it and knowing what it was. And no, yeah, when we were watching it just now, as soon as the mud got on her, and I had never you seen gasped. This, I was like, yeah. oh no, it's about to be mm-hmm. so sad. Like I didn't know quite how it was going to be sad, but I knew it was going to be. Yeah, horrible. and that dramatic. I don't know that dramatic. The underscore turn, is yeah. really good. Like the music and the sound design in this episode, I think is particularly good because mm. I don't know. It has a very good. It's a very good like sci-fi episode in a yeah. way. Um, because like the central idea is like the idea of like autonomous, you know, whatever being an autonomous being, even though you're part of a greater thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so the idea of playing with that and like, can you love somebody who isn't really? It's a totally yeah. boring episode. It's yeah. totally along the lines of like actual academic. Oh, it's like really heartbreaking. And also that's kind of one of the things that made it feel very anime-ish. Yeah. Is when she's like, but I'm not, he's like, but I'd love you basically. And then she's like, but I'm not real. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh God. <laughs> yeah, that, that's well, that, She's very... so real that she does sacrifice herself. Yeah. To save him. It's really horrifying when she gets absorbed. I mean, we're jumping yeah. all over, right? We're I know, we're so... <laughs> Justin, I so can't anyway, wrangle forever. This is what we all think about. When, when we think about this episode, it's like that climactic yeah. scene, yeah. I think, of like her being pulled into like John Carpenter's The Thing play face as he's oh like my God, yes. around. Yeah, yeah, and then it looks I was, just like that. I don't know if you were here when we were watching this part, but I was comparing it, the animation to um, Nemo in Slumberland. Yeah, was, yes. yeah. yeah. Was that an 80s or 90s movie? I think early I think it, 90s? If it was 90s, it was early 90s. Yeah, it's like the smoke that mm-hmm. follows him. Yeah. There, that, yeah, the nightmare. But there's also these brown aliens, um, so the extra clay facey, and they merge and melt into each other. Mm-hmm. They can, like, jump up onto yeah. each other. Do you remember this? No. They're, the only difference is that they're furry. But, like, I mean, there's fur drawn onto them, but the way that they're, they interact is more like mud, like, just kind of falling into each other and on top of each other and merging together. All of that stuff is very creepy as a kid. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it was, I remember that Nemo movie was very unsettling for me and like this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. If I had seen it younger would be more unsettling. Yeah, that's why I like that. That's why I think I liked this show even though I like, like X-Men is more fun. I liked it when, when I was a kid that things didn't talk down to yeah. me and yeah. I was treated like an adult and it was very fascinating. Like one of my favorite movies as a kid was City of Lost Children. Oh man, the Millier. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that um, is a crazy. The, 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 the no, what's his name? Another French director. Oh, Junet. Yeah, yeah. Millier, Millier would be very, very old if he had made. <laughs> yeah, that, that moon mind. with the rocket in the eye. Yeah. The sound. <laughs> well, here's a yeah, Junet, the guy who did Amelie, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. Had, like delicatessen. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's a, and then not. He did Alien an Alien Four. Movie. It was Alien yeah, Four. The Jaws Four. No, Four. I think. I think it was a Jaws. David Fincher script. did three, right? It was like all David crazy Fincher. cool directors have done. Alien yeah, movies. Cameron did two. Fincher did three. Yeah, that's cool. What it was. Back to Alien. We don't mind me. Alien Pocket. We've talked not that much about Batman in this podcast. We were dipping back and forth. Yeah. You know, we got from sci-fi to something else. <laughs> okay, now can we quickly talk about Batman's three beautiful face moments? Yeah, you said these are there are three great moments. Yeah. I think you were here for the third. Yeah, I was here for the third. Uh, which is when he turns to Alfred and he, I know who daddy is, right? Was, <laughs> which I think is such a badass moment in the script. Yeah. Like, yeah. Worked the way it should have on the page. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was, and like the Batmobile's like hood just like slides <laughs> yeah. shut. And I'm like, who's daddy? Yeah. <laughs> 
Because that's also uh, something I love is when when Bruce gets to solve a mystery. Like yeah. so many people do, Batman is like he's going out and punching people, and he like likes See, hitting it's thugs. See, the detective part. That's what's so yeah. rad about it, Batman. Detective. But also, like all he did was put it in the computer. Like he's like, <laughs> all right, I know to get the clue. <laughs> Put it in the computer <laughs> and stop the bad guy. Like, that's like, like the extent of this. Yeah, movie. this was not a more complex one. If Bruce no. is doing so Sudoku so. and there's like eight nines in a row, he's just like, Alfred, I think I know where the nine is. <laughs> Are you sure, Master Bruce? <laughs> I'm positive, Alfred. All right, give it some time. <laughs> give it some time. Robin's out there doing stuff. Uh, uh, this is a very like Bat Dad episode. Very oh, yeah, Bat totally. Because you know, it's such a Robin centric, like adolescent yeah. freak out, you know, like, or like pushing back against boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but also getting taught a lesson. Yeah. It's a very sad lesson. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he tried to help. It was too real, man. It was too real. He tried to help. He was like, this, you know, like supernatural things aside. Mm-hmm. And he was basically like, this girl, I think she's in trouble because I had a bad dad situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And I recognized the signs and I think that this girl's in trouble. And then they bond and he tries to help her and she like sacrifices herself. And turns out not to be real. That part's supernatural. And then right. at the end, Bat Dad is like, yeah, sometimes that happens, which is true. And that's brought Very up earlier. Sad. Or like when he's like, we have to find her. And then Bruce is like, that's not that you Right. Some, he's some like, people we, we can't do it. He's yeah. like, no, we're going home. Yeah. Like, you know, we got to deal. Yeah. Part of being an adult is walking away from this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Although, but like, maybe he needs to learn that it's not giving up on him. <laughs> maybe they could teach each other something. Yeah. Although in the end, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> In that particular yeah. situation, right. only because the girl was not real and she was made of You really bat-splained Robin, I think. <laughs> yeah, he did. A little uh, bit. I my... hope that you use the term bat-splaining in all Ooh, future episodes. Honestly, this up. is the first instance of it. So. You definitely need to incorporate that. Right. That is going to be so useful, I think. Because yeah. it is what he does. He he's talks so down to people. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, yeah, man, you're right, but do you have to be a dick about yeah. it? Oh, there's an episode, this isn't exactly bat-splaining, but there's a, one of my favorite moments in another episode is when, uh, it's a, I think it's Killer Croc is the villain, and Bruce is trying to solve it, and then um, Alfred comes in, he's like, I knew you didn't would get cold, so I put it in a crock pot. And he's like, Croc, Alfred, I could kiss you. <laughs> and it's just like this weird of like, you're just like, yeah, that's an, that's an emotional reaction for him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was one of the earliest. That was like yeah. Vendetta, maybe. The yeah, yeah. Croc. Also, like, does he go to the zoo to like study crocodiles for a second? Oh, oh I actually <laughs> yeah, remember does, this. Yeah. I think he does that either with Killer Croc or Man Bat. He's like, the zoo. Bats do this, or crocodiles. And he sees like two crocodiles wrestling, and he's like, "Uh huh." Like a House MD moment. (laughs) (laughs) There is crossover. I feel like House MD and old Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond are like kind of the same. Batman Beyond also so good. Hugh Laurie as a Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne would be pretty great. He'd be good. Be pretty good. You listening, Hugh? Hugh's an avid listener, of that <laughs> friend of the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Hugh Laurie. <laughs> Hugh Laurie and Hugh Grant come over all the time. Uh, and they bond over their love of Batman the Animated Hugh series. Grant could play at this point. I think a really good Batman villain. Only right. Hughes. Cool. Only Hughes. I'm only Hughes. Hiring Hughes. Uh, Howard Hughes. Uh, uh, well, welcome back. In my narrative, where Millier is <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Bruce Goose is uh, the Ra's al Ghul pit. That, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got or the race in this show, right? Parody. Yeah. Yeah. They rage. actually pronounce it properly in this show. Yeah, I like that. 
Uh, I like that. <laughs> but my the the look I love the most. Oh yeah. Oh, oh my is, god, we're so is the best. bad at I forget about the second track. one, but my favorite one is when uh, Gordon is like, "Thank God Barbara's days of going out and being a teenager over." And then Bruce gives this look of. It took me a second where I was just like, "Oh, it's because he's like not really," but his look is just like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> and it's like a weird like dad moment where he's just like, "I don't know, Gordon." Yeah, like, I don't know, I can't communicate to you that she is Batgirl, yeah. but also, I feel bad. Yeah, because it's not cheeky, it's just like, she's a wild girl. And it's like, it's almost like, a, you, you need to rein her in. It's like the look he gives, even though I'm sure it's supposed to be like, oh yeah? <laughs> but I feel like Gordon gets a lot of that in this show. Every now and then there's like, my Barbara's a great and like upstanding girl who doesn't do anything but go out and study. And it's like, well... No, she's punching people in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like, Gordon gets a lot. What are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? He doesn't, I think that it's endearing because it's too, it's like, this is bigger than me, so I can't give the full look, but I'll give you like a half glare. Yeah. Yeah. I won't disappear before you turn around this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll respect you as a human being who I'm best friend. Like, yeah, Gordon is one of the yeah. closest people to him. And Probably the closest ghosts. people yeah. other than Alf, the closest person yes. other than like Alfred. He doesn't need to. Not even from the first episode. No, he Irish goodbyes at a party of two. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. That he's a dick, a little bit of a dick. Yeah. That's his thing. Bats planes and he ghosts. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got a lot of shit to work through. Look, those yeah. are those are two things that internet the internet does not like though. I, Explaining and ghosting. That's true. Yeah. I've seen so many think pieces on this. I love that moment. We'll come out of this. <laughs> I love that moment in Batman Begins for it's such a funny reason because it is so true to the show. And I think that uh, you can actually Batman Begins borrows so many um, plot lines from the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, like the scarecrow dumping in the fear gas and stuff is li- like that you, shot is from. Side question that will take one second. Did you do you think that Batman Begins is the closest to Batman the Animated Series? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think so too. Absolutely. Out of the 100%. trilogy? I think so yeah. too. Um, it is more comic booky than you remember it being than when it first came mm-hmm. out. Like yeah. watching that versus The Dark Knight. Yeah, like wait, even more than Dark Knight, which you would think would like if you hadn't watched them recently, mm-hmm. I could see you going like, I think Dark Knight is that, but it's, no, I Dark think Batman heat. Begin is like way. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight's just heat, and there happens yeah. to be that. Heat that I like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, That's a three hours on the heat. Fun fact about Justin. Uh, don't enjoy the movie Heat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But, yeah, I think Batman Begins is similar to it. Or at least they pulled from a lot of the same influences for the animated Mm -hmm. series. But it is not... It feels like a little more, like, superhero-y, less dour than its sequels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's fun to be had. And also there's, like, cheeky bits, too. And it's, like, it ties in with the Gordon thing where he's just, like, you know, a lot of people think you're a bad guy. What do you think? I think you're... But by that time, Batman might already be gone. And that's the thing that has always got me about that scene is he turns around and goes like, but I've been wrong before. Uh, but Batman's not there. It's just like, maybe he didn't hear your answer. like, <laughs> Which is really rude of Bruce. Like, he could have listened rude. and then left, but... That's Bruce. That's our Tim. He's a rich kid. He doesn't know how to that's be around true. people. Right. Well, he and I think he's he, on, And he was an orphan. I don't like, know if you we know. need to necessarily dive too much into this, but I'd love to, if you guys are okay. Yeah, what, what are you diving into? I think Bruce <laughs> is definitely on the spectrum. 
Somewhere on the spectrum. Interesting. You think he's a little Asperger? I think, like, so Asperger's definitely runs in my family, uh-huh. and I have lots of friends who have Asperger's in their family, and... You think he's... Because I, I thought he my was dad just not well socialized. My dad reminds me a lot of Bruce Wayne, where he's just like, we're like, dinner's ready, and he's like, I'll come down later, That's because like, your dad fights sure. crime as a masked vigilante, well, not because of but that's entirely. Yeah. sort of here nor there in terms of comparing <laughs> him to Batman. Yeah, I mean, I think he does interact with the world, like, his emotions, his emotions are, like, compartmentalized in, like, a different <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, Safest way of talking yeah. about this. He's definitely, yeah. Like, I would say more that he's compartmentalizing. He doesn't go right? like, hey, yeah. Robin, I know you're a kid and I know that you just, this is one of the only girls you've ever interacted with. He's just like, no, we're going home. But Bruce is also the worst example of like, he's never had a successful relationship. <laughs> like, truly the worst model yeah. for this. Like, you don't want romance advice, dating advice from the guy who ditches people. Mm-hmm. Or like, I guess he, he fell in love once with, you know, in Phantasm. Yeah. Got his heart broken. Which you haven't seen, huh? Ooh, it's great. Oh, it's spoilers story. Now that's a romantic tragedy. Yeah, I already know it's gonna be sad, but I knew that based on the fact that it's Batman. Yeah, it feels like he is—he's like a guy who just has his first relationship, and then it's just dash. But I love that he doesn't like. This is something I love about him—is he doesn't resent people for it. It's not one of these things where he's just like, "People will leave you and betray you." He's just like, no, he's, "Okay, that didn't work out," and he goes back. He's to like his weirdly thing. logical. He's like an yeah. angry broody Spock sometimes. To Superman's Kirk. Hmm. Ooh, we're Star Trekking. Whoa. Star Trekking. Oh, no. <laughs> no, great. <laughs> you said that we could get as nerdy as, as we want. Are you kidding me? I have kept this a tight ship of a conversation <laughs> the whole time. We need to be accessible to all your audience who tune yes. in. Yes, and now that's why we're going to go back to City of Lost Children. <laughs> Actually, there is a connection between City of Lost Children and this episode. Ron Perlman, who's in City of Lost uh-huh. Children, is Clayface, the voice of Clayface. Wait, are you serious? Yes. That was nice, gonna nice be, connection. That was gonna be my only get. Like, the only thing I could think of was a Ron Perlman. And you, you weren't even sure how, huh? You were just but like, no. I don't know. Ron Perlman is something in both. Oh, for sure. Yeah, can we get Ron yeah. Perlman to play Clayface in the future? I mean, we... it'd be great. <laughs> like for our own thing, like at a party. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm at a kids' party. <laughs> like a bar mitzvah or something, just to swing on. I'd by. like to go to a an unknown thirteen year old girls <laughs> party and bring Ron Perlman as the entertainment to do Clayface. All right, now. Say I'm not an actor. I'm not even human. Great, <laughs> cool. Uh, Thank you so much. Oh, I actually just got uh, my friend. Um, my friend Saber. I'll just name drop him. He's a writer on person of interest. Uh, his. I went to his wedding this weekend. Batman themed. Ooh. In like a Tell nice me what subtle a way. Wedding. It, it so wasn't cool. hardcore themed though, right? No. Not like it's not like oh, uh, one of those weddings where it's so hardcore themed and the groom's going to be dressed it up as felt, Batman. No, That's it was the classy, not. It's a classy. Wedding. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it felt like a Gotham gala. Uh, oh, so it's just like dark deck, like art deco yep. stuff. Art deco in downtown San Jose in like an old hotel. So it felt the felt the part. You could probably send him a picture and then you can post it online oh, yeah. for the the listeners sure. to see yeah, since. This is an audio And I sat experience. at the Joker table. Oh, which man. Which made sense because all the, our high school friends and we were all improv buddies, we sat down at a table and then we turned the sign and it was Joker table and we're like, yep. Perfect. Yep. Where, were the, where was the family? Was it like the Waynes? It was interesting because there was one that was... Uh, Good question. It was Batman and then Batgirl. And I have a feeling they watered it down a little bit because a lot of people 
would have gotten confused. Right, there's legit family who doesn't know anything about yeah. the yeah. city. Like, there was, we, this is another total tangent, but for example, we went to uh, our friend's wedding that was very nerdy. Um, Paul's? And, yes. Paul and Lauren's? Paul and or Lauren's Lauren and Paul's? Wedding, and it was very, it had multiple nerdy references in it, mostly Doctor Who, but like also We were Asgard, right? Yeah, there was a lot, and they, on their wedding site, they had a list of materials that people needed to read and watch before they came because they were very worried that the family like oh, wouldn't yeah. understand what was oh, going wow. on because they were they were like oh no we want the family to understand but on the other hand we're definitely not pulling back any of this nerdiness like so they it's gave definitely them happening homework. so they gave them yeah. homework yeah and then they like the, and then the guy comes up and he's like mowage and like 50% of the people are yeah. like Nailed it, and other fifty percent were just like. Because they did a Princess oh, Bride. That's why I watched that clip. Yeah, they he, they did Princess Bride. Mowage, Mowage is what brings us together. Mm. And so they like had you know in the homework they would put that clip, and like you had to watch it. That's Otherwise, you just think mm-hmm. that the guy talks like that. Yes, you're going to way more fun themed weddings than I am. Uh, we, we go to Let me know normal weddings. I got a, I got plus ones all over the place. <laughs> okay, great. Let great. me know. Yeah, you just respond on the wedding right. You know, I have a bat mitzvah and I bring a bar Brahman with me. Can you get two so I can just hop? That will be a stretch. Okay, great. I'm so sorry. Hey, so we're only going to take Ron and Roman. <laughs> I reached out to them over the mic, by the way. Uh, so you know, and I think you guys did lean back. Yeah. <laughs> because what because we just watched yeah. this episode. No, it's scary. It was because you said Clayface stretch, and my mind like filled in. You did in a great job. The horrifying... Yeah like stretching out when he's trying to get those kids. Yeah, I mean, it is like a surefire way to make you feel uncomfortable to watch a body move in ways that It's scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you were just barely learning as a kid, like how to control your body, and yeah. it's changing and moving and stuff. I, don't, and doing I mean, I don't know if that's why, but interesting comparison. <laughs> you went to film school? That was a good comparison. Wait, wait. Unprovoked <laughs> memory from this episode. How Another sad thing that happens is Robin, when he's looking for the girl... Um, like stumbles upon homeless children and is yeah. very, very moved and sad. And then we don't revisit them, but it's just like that ties into the whole like Robin's learning that the world right. He's seeing like sucks. the the you know the bad side of yeah. life. Yeah. He sees like villains all the time, but these are more complex and ongoing issues. Yeah, it's just like well, and, and he like had a shitty upbringing, but now he like gets to live. The high life? Yeah. 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 Oh, as Miller much of the high, high life. life as you The did. Miller high life. The 32 ounce. <laughs> yeah, actually, it, yeah, it's, it's not a great life. Uh, <laughs> so what are you talking about? This is a champagne it's of life. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it is really, I mean, I'm surprised they got away with that. Showing that in the cartoon yeah. aimed mm-hmm. at children. Seeing homeless children is very real and sad. Yeah, and it was, the way they showed it was real and sad. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to punch this problem in the face. It was just yeah. like he was looking for her, saw some homeless children, had a very sad look considering he has a mask on. Very sad look fade out on that look. If this were written or directed or, you know, I guess made in any other way, this could have been like a very cheesy, like a very special episode Mm -hmm. kind of episode, but it felt earnest. Like it It felt very adult without trying to be like, this is an adult problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe because the theme was very, it was about just like kind of being um, incomplete and like complex and ongoing. There was no time when the, the they turned to the camera at the end and said, teen homelessness is a yeah. very... <laughs> right, Captain Planet yeah. walks out yeah. and talks about it. If you know someone made of clay, call this hotline <laughs> yeah. number. Okay, great. I've been waiting for this online forever. <laughs> I'm on hold. I'm on hold. I thought I was crazy. <laughs> I yeah. think we should bring that back. 
the hotline they claim like, no the you... looking looking to the camera and saying what the episode is about oh yeah yeah the 80s the saved by the bell-esque well they didn't really do it in saved by the bell but it was sort of saved they by the did it in the 80s the, i'm so excited For... it was like this episode's oh, about drugs yeah. do you get it it's drugs <laughs> This episode didn't do that. No. Or they well they'll go. We've had a lot of fun tonight. <laughs> oh yeah. Didn't they do <laughs> yeah. that in Fresh Prince or something? They had a drugs episode of Fresh Prince. I don't I know if they literally turned to the camera. Like, they may have. We've had a lot of fun tonight, but uh, the drugs are a real. Drugs <laughs> are a real problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, During use of clay dads are a real problem. <laughs> and I know it was fun to watch it. Yeah. I had a blast. Too. I had a blast reminiscing about falling apart near a lighthouse and then <laughs> instructing a little girl version of me who forgot who she was. Oh, well, also, why did he? I, I guess I have logical problems with Clayface. Uh-huh. Why did he make a little girl version? Of I, I bet he made a little girl version. I mean, gender-wise, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> he could have made like matters. a mouse or something. Like, you know what I mean? A mouse could have been much more. Because she said her her job was to see if it was okay. Yeah, he's an actor. I, I yes, yeah. he's like a bad Gotham actor, right? I, like a failed Gotham uh-huh. actor. So I can see him being sort of just like who would who would no one suspect if I were to become someone ah, a little girl, right? And then <laughs> you were sitting in the community theater production. <laughs> and I was just like, you, you know what? I'm sorry. Quick pause. God, if I was a little girl, I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Man of La Mancha production has a little girl in it. That's kind of weird. Very ambitious, yeah. This version of In the Heights, pretty good. <laughs> I just, I think I'm like the only person that is having these problems with Clayface, though, because I love the episode, and I wasn't thinking about it in the episode. It only yeah. in conversation, I'm like, am I questioning all of his choices? Well, I think yeah. that's, you know, the truth of any of these kinds of shows, at least for me, is that, you know, the more you pick apart kind of fantastical things, yeah, totally. and the more you, like, over-explain it, the less fun it gets. So yeah. there's, like, a happy middle ground where, like, there's that suspension of disbelief, and we're getting, like, the emotional depth of it, but yeah. we're, you know, like, that's kind of enough. Well, you're enough invested up. in the emotion in the story that, yeah. like, you don't... I mean, that's the whole trick, so I wasn't... It, it was very successful in the sense that, like, I definitely didn't question it yeah. at all throughout the episode and only when I'm talking about it You're am I going wrong, oh man yeah, at all that wasn't that why do you do that but I mean they were they were successful I like your I like your answer being that he's like kind of a bad actor and like <laughs> wants to play the part like a that's, child I've never played a child <laughs> that's where the loops back around to being fun where it's like it's fun you pick at it too much it's not fun and mm. then it becomes fun again because you create this like a whole <laughs> se- separate narrative separate narrative where you're like yeah then you can plug that in. So we should rewatch it with that in mind. There's some, yeah, they do. They usually chase the fun more than they chase the logic. Like some things that Joker does in this show, you're just like, why? Well, right, he's Looney Tunes. Like, yeah. he can be like really dark or Looney Tunes. Yeah. And like, there's something about that elasticity that makes this version of him work. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, that is part of the fun. Like, let's yeah. not sacrifice the fun by explaining it all away. You yeah. really want to use a guy's dolls and put bombs in them into a roller coaster? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know what? That sounds great. Sure. That sounds like something you might have fun doing. Well, clown. <laughs> yeah. Clown talk. Well, we've ended on clown talk. Uh, wow. Was there anything else that you guys any any stray thoughts? Um, there. I feel like the whole episode was stray thoughts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll <laughs> weave it together into something that's uh, equally uh, haphazard. <laughs> I would say the last thing is it's a very serious and and I would, painful episode. But when they're grappling and swinging through the city, it legitimately looks so fun to be a superhero. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something we've lost a little bit 
where like even with like Marvel films, it's like here's them doing stuff. Is it cool? It's like I don't know, man. It still looks more fun to be Batman swinging through Gotham, and nothing will ever like that to me is like the most fun of being a superhero. Yeah, you think the oversaturation of like superhero stuff also like takes away the simple wonder of it? I think it's mm. a yeah. And like, and like, there's a little bit of with Superman, and then later in like JL and JLU, there's like mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff where it's like, God, it'd be cool to be Green Arrow. Uh, and I love, you know, uh, Green Lantern's my favorite superhero, but there's something about seeing a guy in like a pretty chill, not like combative Batman suit, mm-hmm. just flying through, just silently gliding as he's like talking to Alfred. That just looks like that would be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we aspire? Yeah. Or, uh, aspire to do is swing around and talk to an old man. That's it. Oh, God. That's the American dream. <laughs> there it is. My only stray thought is that this show is so good. Mm. And that's, I mean, I can't even say it enough times. It's so good. And I was very impressed rewatching, like, just the show in general mm-hmm. that it is so patient and quiet. Like, it just. So nice, because a lot of superhero shows, especially now, but even then, at the same at that time, were really flashy and loud and noisy and Looney Tunesy. And yeah, it's, it's it takes its time. I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. it trusts the audience more. The Gordon scene's quiet. It's yeah. a nice quiet scene, and it doesn't need any crazy action. It's just yeah, you go through it. Well, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks for letting us ramble so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm the one who really rambled. You guys were trying to keep me on task. Where can people find you on the internets? Um, well, if you want to find the both of us together, we're yeah. Two Broke Geeks with the number two on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Um, and then I'm Mia Rosella, if you just want to find me. And I'm Omar Najam on Twitter. Uh, and I actually also have a podcast that talks yes. about a television show. Uh, which is the Sunnydale Study Group. So if you want to check that out, just Google Sunnydale Study Group or SSG Podcast on Twitter. Kind of similar thing. We'd love to have you on. Ooh, I'd love to do it. I I watched Buffy with my sister. Um, Perfect. But she, like, as a secondary, like, I know things about it, but out of order and not nearly as comprehensive as the show. (laughs) Like, I know some of the characters and I remember the musical episode a lot. Oh, great. Well, we'll probably have you on for that one, then. Cool. Man, that was fun. What a great loopy time. Okay, before I leave you guys, I wanted to share some answers that fans sent in for me to ask Bob, but I forgot to ask him in person, and he very kindly replied over email. So, here goes. Fan question number one. You have written for the new Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, Justice League, and The Batman. Writing for different shows that involves the same character, is there a certain aspect of Batman you enjoy delving into the most? Bob answered, My favorite thing about writing Batman is delving into Batman's own psychology, and that of the villains. How certain villains serve as warped mirrors of Batman's own issues, and other force him to confront parts of himself he'd rather suppress or not look at. Of course, I got to delve into this a lot more explicitly in the DTV movies I wrote for Warners than on the TV shows, but it was always there. Question number two. If you could let Bob Goodman know that Growing Pains broke my heart, I'd appreciate it. Smiley face. All right, well, that's not a question, but his response is, it warms my heart to hear it. Does that make me a bad person? I don't think so. Question number three. If you ever had the chance to write another anthology-style episode like Legends of the Dark Knight, what other artists and or eras of Batman would you like to reference? Bob answered... I think it would be fun to do something in that super early Bob Kane proto-Batman look. Beyond that, something with a 1970s look. Jim Aparo or Neil Adams-ish. That's what Batman looked like when I was a kid, so it's the base Batman for me. 
But as I think Bruce Tim has already pointed out, that would be a really tough one to do in animation. Well, there you go. If you want to send in questions for future guests, you can do so by donating to the show at patreon.com slash podcast. Check it out. All kinds of rewards, including stickers and pogs and fan interviews that'll be rolling out this fall. And guys, that's the end of the show. Follow us on Twitter at BTASpodcast and myself at HeyJustin. Subscribe in iTunes, leave a review, and rate the podcast if you like it. You can also listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Batman the Animated Podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Justin Michael. Tom Smith created the show logo, and Casey Trela helped produce the theme song. Harry Chaskin is my childhood best friend and the booming voice of this podcast. Thank you to my guests, Bob Goodman, as well as Omar and Mia. And of course, a special thank you to This American Life producer, Tori Malatia. I popped by his house unannounced and accidentally walked in on him mid-coitus, shouting, I know who daddy is. Sorry about that, Tori. Uh, Next time, I'll respect your privacy and at least, you know, text you ahead of time. Okay, guys, see you on the next BTAP, baby. (laughs) 